Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with John Opaluski and, and the leadership team here at Converge Coaching. We are so excited that you've taken this time to uh, to just, just invest in yourself, to invest in those that you serve and those that you lead. So uh, I would like to welcome, first of all, our, our, our guru, coach, mentor, tormentor, John Opaluski. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jim. Good to be with you. It's good to see you. I, we were talking about it recently how it's been so isolating lately. We, right. We've been talking to each other over a computer a screen and now to be here face to face and go grab coffee afterwards yeah. or whatever. It's just, it's nice to be alive again in, in some ways. Yeah. And, and along with that, I know that we, we told everybody we we're going to get into a, a topic that, that maybe is new to people. Um, the phrase IQ is, is fairly familiar to us. We understand that's right. kind of the capacity for intelligence. You're going to talk about emotional uh, quotient or, you know, the emotional intelligence. Right. Tell us a little bit about, about the topic today. Well, I was, uh, introduced to this topic actually by our lead pastor uh, oh. a few years ago. Yeah. And he, he said uh, something. He asked this question from the platform, and I'll never forget it. it. It's this, what's it like to be on the other side of you? Of you. <laughs> and uh, that, that caught my attention, yeah. and I thought about that. I've even, I even asked my wife uh, that question, Laura, what's it like to be on the other side of me? She's still thinking about that. <laughs> And how many years ago did you ask? Well, it's been a while. Uh, she's still trying to formulate an answer to that. But I, I, I remember that being an intimidating question the first time I heard yeah. it. Like, man, what is it like to be on the other side of me? I think, I, I, I think I know what it's like to be on the other side of me. But what I think about that doesn't matter as much as the experience yeah. other people are having on the other side of my words, on the other side of my emotions. Right. And and the way we answer that question, Jim, what's it like to be on the other side of me gives us clues about our level of emotional intelligence. So I'd like to talk about what it is today right. and why it matters. You know, it's funny, IQ has been highly prized in all the, you know, the educational circles, business arenas, and even church uh, you know settings. But IQ doesn't really guarantee, does it, the, the skilled leadership. Being smart doesn't necessarily make you a good leader. So right. a high IQ doesn't equal high emotional IQ. And while the people you lead may or may not, you know, care about your intelligence, they do care about your emotional intelligence. Like yeah. working for a tyrant or working for a, uh, you know, milk toast or working for, you know, someone that's so smart they can't communicate with anybody else in the room, they can right. be really difficult. Yep. So emotional intelligence, for, for those who have, are new to the term, yeah. is simply this. It's the ability to understand your emotions, the emotions of those around you, and the impact your emotions have on the emotions of those around you. Right. Now, that's a long yeah, yeah. explanation. You may have to hit playback there yeah. to listen to that again. <laughs> but, but essentially, an emotionally intelligent leader is aware of his or her feelings, you know, what information those feelings are telling them. One of the best lines I think I've ever heard about emotions, Jim, is emotions are information. Hmm. They're telling us something. Right. And, and, and those hmm. of us that are wanting to grow need to figure out, okay, I feel this. What is that emotion t- not only telling me, but how am I expressing that? Yeah. To, how are other people f- experiencing me right. when it comes to my emotions? Right. Boy, that's huge. 
I, you know, we, we all have the ideal leader we'd like to be on their team with, uh, whether it's a superintendent or a boss or right. a manager. And we all know the opposite side of that, the last yes. guy's team. And it's funny because it isn't, you know, my favorite teacher was not the smartest teacher. There was something about them that connected to me, right. something about me that connected to them. They were able to actually, without losing authority or position, befriend the students in the classroom yes. to make them feel respected and valued. And you wanted to learn or at least be around them. If you got a D in the class, you still wanted to be in that class. There's a difference in there between right. emotionally intelligent people or not. So, Jim, I had a, I had a, an ornery boss for four <laughs> years of my marketplace experience, and uh, it was the longest four years of my career. Yeah. I, um, I, I'll name him Joe. That wasn't his real name. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. Right. You, yeah, it can help us if his name's not Joe. So uh, Joe was volatile. You never knew what he would what would set him off. He would yell, he would scream, he would curse. Yeah, he would embarrass you in front of of other people. Now here's a question: Did Joe found Apple? I'm just curious. No. It's not, oh, okay, it's not that guy. No, so he did that. not. We, right, it good. was an IT company, yeah. <laughs> um, but not Apple. But Joe could go from a one to a ten in terms of anger within a matter of seconds. Wow, never seen anything like it before. Wow, and he usually made you feel worse about yourself. He was, a, he was an extremely intelligent man, but he was an emotional child. Right. And um, hmm. here, was the, here was the net effect of that. After about a year and a half of that, I, the, the rest of his two-and-a-half-year tenure, tenure, almost every morning I would sit on the edge of my bed and had to take 10 minutes to talk myself wow. into going into work. Wow. And once he was out of the picture, I decided I am never going to work for another person right. like that. And, and I think especially as we're talking to pastors, people have options. They don't have to go to work. They don't have to you know, serve right. in the ministry. They, they really do have options. And those who can make them feel, uh, not just feel, but experience the rewarding, uh, you know, the reward that should be felt in somebody's heart when they join a team, do their best, yeah. you know, and see it. That's funny because, you know, in a good economy, your team members have options. And I know the economy has its ups and downs, but, you know, in the last few years, Top performers have even more options. Right. And insensitive, bullying, emotionally unaware leaders, you know, these people are going to drive talented, self-respecting. They're going to, the unhealthy are going to drive the healthy away to go do something else. So life's too short, right, to work for leaders who lack emotional intelligence. You got that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so as I was researching this subject, I, I discovered four common threads, Jim, that kind of make up emotional IQ. I'd like to kind of go through hit those him. with you, yeah. if that's all right. Yeah, hit so here's the first one is self-awareness. Uh, self-awareness includes being in touch with your feelings and what's fueling yeah. those feelings. Um, it means understanding how your feelings are impacting others. Again, I think we tend to know or think we know how we come off toward people. Chances are we don't, Yeah. or at least not fully. I would say the greater the authority, the less likely it is that people are being honest with you. Uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I think I think the corporal can talk to the private, but I don't think the private's ever going to say to the general, mm. you're, you're, you're misbehaving, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. King David really understood that. Yeah. This, this whole idea of self-awareness, yeah. how hard it is. Brilliant. Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Uh, here's the here's the punchline. See if there is any offensive way in me. Yeah. So so David was really saying, God, show me what's going on in my heart and why, and help me to understand how what I'm feeling is impacting others, and if it's impacting them in in some sort of offensive way, yeah. 
Yeah. Reveal that to me, Lord. Right. So he, he understood that he had this idea or default almost to, if I'm not careful, if I'm not open-hearted towards the Lord with this, yeah. chances are I'm going to be offensive and offend people unnecessarily. Right. Before I was in the ministry, I was in law enforcement. And one of the tenets of law enforcement that's unspoken is if you're not in control, you're in danger. Mm. Now, now make that in, into what a husband says to a young wife. Make that into what a youth pastor says to a youth group. Make that right. what a senior pastor. It, it's one of the one of the most useful things a police officer can know to, to go home at the end of his shift alive. Yeah. It's one of the worst things for me to bring into my marriage, my family, my fathering, my, my ministry. And it's right. been a consistent you know, 30-year struggle with five. If I'm not in control, then I'm in danger. And just mm-hmm. being self-aware and telling people around me, listen, when I'm being a tyrant, I'll be the last person in the room that knows I'm being a tyrant. When I'm throwing a tantrum, yeah. it seems perfectly reasonable in the middle of my tantrum. Like, I need people to be honest with me and say, hey, you know that behavior? Your three-year-old that's whining because you want a candy bar in Kmart? No. You know, is there even Kmart's anymore? Walmart? Let's do Walmart. Uh, I Target. Kmart's not a lot I shop at Target. Anymore. Let's just do Target. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, you need people to be honest with you. You need people that you say, yeah. "Listen, if you see me behaving in an emotionally unintelligent way, yeah. I give you permission to call me on it, not in front of everybody, but in private, yeah. and and to begin that iron sharpening iron process." I used to do that at my kids' soccer games, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I would sit, I would sit down in the stands, and I would say to the person on my left and the person on my right, yeah. "If I become obnoxious, just tell me. Got to tell me. Please yeah. tell me. I won't I know. Try to control myself. Yeah." Yeah. Uh, let me know if I'm going overboard. Yeah. I was banned from my son's soccer games unless I sat in a chair at the 50-yard line or the middle field and didn't say anything. Because the first game I went to, I was screaming instructions. I thought I was being very helpful. Second game, he's like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I'm like, why? He goes, because you yell at me. I said, oh, my gosh. I, I was yelling for you. He's like, that's not what it sounds like. I, yep. I agree. You You're go. absolutely right. You're seven years old, and I'm screaming like it's, you know, yeah. So that's a good one. So what, what, give us another one. Uh, the second one is self-regulation. Um, another term is self-control. Yeah. Um, my my former boss Joe had absolutely no governor on his emotions. Yeah, uh, little to no self-control, and, and you know I kind of get it to some degree. He was the CEO of a company, and there's yeah. there's you know being the top dog carries weight. Sure, there, there's there's stress that goes along with that. Leading a company, leading a, a church, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do it well. Yeah, and but the best leaders figure out how to process their stress in healthy ways rather than unleashing it right. on their team or on the people that they lead. And you mentioned this earlier, and I thought it was such a brilliant point, that they intentionally put people in their lives mm-hmm. who have permission to say, yeah. hey, you know, you're, that was out of bounds. Right. Uh, hey, when you said that, here's how that came across. Yeah. I don't know if you understood what was happening in the room when those words came tumbling out of your mouth. <laughs> right. But but right. here's what it was. And like you said, Jim, doing it with respect, doing it privately, yeah. of course. But the best leaders know they need people who aren't afraid to tell them the truth. Yeah. Yeah, you look at Lincoln's cabinet, you know, versus modern-day president's cabinets, where he, he found people of opposing viewpoints and put them on his cabinet yeah. so there would be a debate over every issue that they decided. Right. And it's a much harder way to get something done, but but he got a lot more done than a lot of people did in that office mm-hmm. Yeah, because of that. Yep. That's an emotionally intelligent person, isn't it? That's, That's right. You Knowing your weaknesses. Give us another one. The third piece or third thread is empathy. 
a very wise person said a long time ago, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but uh, one of the more powerful axioms that I think I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. You know, Jim, I, I know that you care about me, so it's easier for me to accept knowledge from you. Right. It, it's, it's easier for you to constructively criticize me. I can, I can yeah. receive that because I know you care. Right. Um, and I think empathy is leadership currency. Mm-hmm. So good, I, say that again. Em- empathy is leadership currency. Yeah. It, it, it puts relational change yeah. in your pocket that allows you to have those difficult conversations you need to have with yeah. people from time to time. So this empathy piece is, is one that Joe, my, my former CEO, had very little of. Right. Um, and uh, he had no change in his pocket. Right. Uh, at all. Uh, I, I wasn't the only one who worked at the company who felt like, man, I just don't know if I can take this anymore. Because right. uh, he was an equal yeah. opportunity abuser right. <laughs> when it came yeah. to that. No, leaders that treat people like a farmer treats a donkey, just beats them to, to plow their field. Right. That Who wants to work for that, right? But versus someone, take it all the way to the other extreme, a father that cares about sons and wants to see them grow into, into men. A right. mother that cares about, you know, there's there are so many different angles where people they take a cut in pay and move across the country to be on your team because you they know you care. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really true. Give us another one. Let me I, give we you have a, four. That's our yeah, last one. Yeah, here's our last one, and that uh, the fourth thread of emotional intelligence uh, is social skills. Now, here's what I mean by that: uh, social skills in this way that an emotionally intelligent leader really knows how to read a room. Yeah. He, uh, he knows what's going on in the lives of people beneath the surface. Yeah. So um, I'll give you a quick example. A friend of mine, a leader friend of mine, was telling me uh, uh, that uh, it was about a year ago. He yeah. said, John, I, I was sharing with my team what I thought was great news. I was giving them, a, all, giving, giving them all a raise yeah. in pay, and he was waiting for them to go, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, getting yeah. A, we're getting a great raise. And um, he was met with something less than that. Okay. And he, he was like... He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So, you know, he could have gone one or two ways there. He could have gotten a little agitated and yeah. his people say, you ungrateful. Their ingratitude, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you, uh, you know, what's wrong with you? I'm giving you a raise. Yeah. Or he could dig deeper and yeah. say, okay, that did not, the response wasn't there. <laughs> what's going yeah. on? And so he chose that ladder yeah. and he dug in and he realized, man, I've been underpaying my people. He didn't mm-hmm. know he was underpaying them. Right. Right. But I've been underpaying them for a long time, and they weren't right. excited because we weren't even, they, we weren't even up to the right level right. for them. Right. So he made the proper adjustments. So that's what I mean: is yeah. is that a guy that knows how to, or a gal who knows how to read the response of people, who knows yeah. how to read a room and say, "Hey, something doesn't feel right here. Right. What's going on?" Right. So that's what I mean by social skills. Right. You know, talented people, uh, talented people, they're going to flock to you when you develop these four skills, aren't they? And yeah. when you live by them. It's not just a trick you play on people to get out of them. No. It's not the character. It's be genuine. Them. Yeah, right. And people know that, right? People have, they have their own set of emotional intelligence that, that can tell whether somebody's trying to sell them a car that cares about them or, or doesn't care about right. them. So A players, are not, they're, they want to be a part of something that's bigger than, than themselves. They want to be a part of something they can see, and they're going to stay with you. They'll, they'll work and produce at high levels. Um, they won't have to sit on the edge of their beds in the morning and talk themselves into going to work right. like you did because they'd be like, I'm a part of something important. I want to go serve. I want right. to go contribute. Yeah. 
So, Jim, if, if there's uh, somebody listening today who's serious about building a great team, I hope you all are, all yeah. of you that are listening, yeah. start with yourself. Yeah. Build uh, your emotional IQ. Become yeah. a great leader, somebody who's worthy to be followed. Yeah. And uh, that is the starting point to building a great team, attracting wonderful talent, and yeah. retaining that talent. Um, that's why it matters so much. Yeah. I know that we, we used to teach seminars together, and we've, and we've yeah. kind of gone from that addition to multiplication now through this podcast. Thousands of listeners now versus, you know, a couple dozen, a few dozen people there. Right. But I tell you, if there's, a, if there's a need, I would say, in leadership for something, this topic hits it. If, we were, if there was ever a, a, a webinar that you would teach on this or bring in somebody to teach on this, I think it would be very helpful to the listeners because I, I think we get it, we see it, we know it's true, but how do you get it? in a way that you apply it today and tomorrow. Right. This would help everybody's marriages, everybody's fathering, mothering, yes. uh, leadership. This is, this is uh, you know, Jesus had the ability to see people for who they were, whether they were good or bad. Right. And, and he called greatness out of people that thought they were nothing. And, and he, he called nothingness into people that thought they were great and weren't. And, and he was liked by people that were nothing like him because he cared about them. That's right. Yeah. Great. Well, we're, cut, we're getting ready for uh, podcast number 43 and uh, another great topic. Tell us a little bit about that one. So the title is Helping Your Team Crush Goals Without Crushing Themselves. <laughs> There's and the title of your next book, Crushing maybe. Goals Without Crushing Yourself. And the reason I wanted to talk about that, Jim, is because as we uh, reenter yeah. into gathering and things like that, I think that uh, some of the planning and the strategizing and the goal setting is going to reemerge, yeah. uh, which has kind of been put on the table for a lot of leaders right sure. now. So how do we do? How do we help our team uh, reach their goals without them becoming piles of ash? Yeah, uh, right. in the process. So that's what we're going to unpack in Pod Forty Three. Love it. Well, John, thank you as always for your time and just your experience. You know, I would talk about emotional intelligence. I, I don't mean to put you on a pedestal and call you a father. Please don't uh, do that. But uh, I'll, I'll put you on a platform next to me and say I, I have great respect. We all do. Just your your ability to communicate important topics that, that make us better leaders. So thank you for your time. And My pleasure. as always, if you want to get a hold of us, you're going to do it by doing what? Go to convergecoach.com, click the contact us button, and that will start a conversation. Terrific. Thanks, John, for your time. And we hope to hit, to uh, spend some time with you again next week on Leading from Ohio.